What is up, my Gungans? This is Derek. And this is Harry. And we are the Best Guy Brothers talking about... Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. One of the coolest movies. I don't care what you say. One of the coolest movies ever. Agreed. And definitely one of the best Star Wars movies in the world. So, before we get started, we just wanted to talk about why we haven't been able to... Um, do as many podcasts yeah. uh, over the last, what, two weeks now? Yeah, mm-hmm. so we do apologize mm-hmm. right off the bat. We we obviously want to be making more podcast episodes. And we really appreciate you fans that have been listening to us and um, watching us on TikTok and on Instagram and things like that. We really appreciate the huge support from you guys. You guys are awesome. Yes, super cool. Um, the reason why we haven't been able to post an episode is because of life. Yep. Um, I, um, a couple weeks ago, we, um, had the opportunity to go to my sister-in-law's wedding where we actually made the wedding cake and that was a big job that kind of, awesome. yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a big job that kind of took away from being able to do this. And then the following weekend was my wife's birthday. And so I wanted to make sure she had some time, you know, Devoted to her and made sure that she knew that she was uh, more important than this podcast, unfortunately, <laughs> but fortunately. Oh, very fortunate, um, for sure. Extremely dude. fortunate, because I am an extremely fortunate man. <laughs> but, um, and then Harry's just been busy with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and... life just gets in the way. Plus, my brother just got home from New York after yeah. being there for four months, and so... Uh, who was a huge Star Wars fan, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I uh, wanted to spend some time with him and catch up with him and just some to clear me a little bit mentally if I'm being 100% honest. Um, yep. uh, we all need that sometimes. but Definitely. But we're glad to be back right at it. So Yeah, so let's get into it. We're going to start with some quick facts. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Beskar Brothers Podcast, your home for Star Wars news and more. Okay, so for today's quick facts, we are just going to do kind of like a speed round of some really cool facts. We found so many that we kind of just wanted to go through them all Mm -hmm. um, as quickly as possible. So we're not going to talk about them too much, but we're just going to go through. So I'll start. So with this movie that we're talking about today, um, Liam Neeson, the the actor that plays Qui-Gon Jinn, he was so eager to be in the film that he signed on and he didn't even read the script. He's like, oh, Star Wars? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Did you know that? Um, I, no, I did. I don't think I did. Okay, cool. But yeah, that's awesome. Uh, another one here, and this is one of my favorite parts. This is one of my favorite uh, little trivia facts. Yeah, and this one I knew about too, which is actually yeah. pretty funny. So while they were filming the Phantom Menace, Ewan McGregor, who plays Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, made lightsaber noises as he dueled. And then George Lucas explained many times that the sound effects would be added in by the special effects people. Later on. And then he would say, well, I kept getting carried away. <laughs> I mean, come on. Vroom, vroom, vroom. It's how, not like you can. How can you not? <laughs> right? Okay, so the next one is um, the sets, like the movie sets, were built only as high as the top of the actors' heads. And then computer graphics filled in the rest. Mm-hmm. But because Liam Neeson was so tall, um, he cost the set crew an extra one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in construction. That's freaking crazy to construct those sets just a little bit higher. Man, that, that is that is man, an extra hundred fifty thousand dollars just because he's so tall. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at him compared to Ewan McGregor, I mean, Ewan McGregor's a little shorter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of Ewan McGregor again, um, Ewan McGregor recalled that his performance in the film consisted of walking into rooms and looking up. Yeah, because, I mean, you rewatch the movie thinking about that, and every time Ewan McGregor walks into a room, he looks up. He, like, oh, yeah. just peeks up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so pretty awesome. funny. Um, this is hilarious, this next one. Qui-Gon Jinn's communicator, so basically like the little walkie-talkie that they had, mm-hmm. uh, was a redecorated Gillette Sensor Excel Razor for women. Ah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Never would have figured that out. Oh, uh, yeah. Another one here is when fully dressed and in makeup, Natalie Portman and Keira Knightley resembled each other so much that even Keira Knightley's mother, Sherman McDonald, who visited the set, had a hard time identifying her own daughter. To be honest... And that's that's one of the other quick facts I guess we can throw in. Kira Knightley's in this movie. Yep. Like I I did not know that. Like mm-hmm. I knew that, but I I didn't know that for a, like the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't put the two together. And to be honest, I can't see it. Like she's got too much wig. Like I'm trying to like maybe maybe she just looks a lot different because she's older mm-hmm. in like pirates and things like that. But I I don't see it. Well, it's funny because like, I compare her, I compare uh, Keira Knightley to Pirates, and then I compare Natalie Portman to Thor, mm-hmm. you know, and they kind of do look a little similar-ish yeah. in both, but um, but with all the costuming and all, all that stuff, that's kind of, it makes a little bit more sense. Right. It's kind of interesting. But they were so young, both of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, the next, the next fact even says, Natalie Portman missed the premiere party in New York City because she had to go home to study for her high school final exams. That's crazy. <laughs> like she had to go home to study for high school because and so she missed the the Star Wars premiere party. Premiere party. Like you would think your teachers would be like, "Hey, oh, we could let this one slide." No, nah, she's Queen Queen Amidala. She can, yeah. you know, do that. Let's give her her actual royalty and let her pass her exams. Right? <laughs> no, that's insane. Yeah, I didn't I mean, know she was that old. Yeah, yeah that she's been acting for ever since then, too. Yeah. She's been in quite a few films there. Uh, and then according to Star Wars canon, Obi-Wan's hanging braid mm-hmm. is a Jedi tradition common to all Padawan learners. When his master feels that he has reached proper maturity, he must face a series of trials. If completed, he cuts the braid with his lightsaber, signifying that the student is now a full Jedi Knight. I know a lot of you fans already knew this. Right. Um, and I know that a lot of people get very irritated, like myself, when they call it a Jedi braid. Right. It's it, a Padawan braid. It's a Padawan braid. Um, a good friend of mine in high school, uh, we did choir together. He had a Padawan braid, and he would get so annoyed when people call it a Jedi braid. And I'm like, I agree. And yeah. I remember this one girl got so mad. She's like, Can you believe that he that he got so mad for me calling it a Jedi braid? And I'm like, I I agree with him. <laughs> she's like, it's a Padawan. It's a braid. Padawan braid. And then she got mad at me, <laughs> and she's like, Well, your name's Harry. You should be a Harry Potter fan. I'm like, Well, I'm both, I guess. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, let's see. So, um. Kira Knightley, going back to Kira Knightley, yeah. her parents tried to convince her to not to audition, but you know, her because she was twelve years old. Yeah. Um, but she still wanted the role because she was a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think every twelve year old girl should be a Star Wars fan. Oh yeah. I mean my sister, she's thirteen. Yeah. And um out of all the girls in my family, so I got four sisters, uh, and my mom. But out of all five of them, she is the biggest Star Wars fan out of the five of them for sure. Mm-hmm. In fact, she, so I'd say goes myself, my 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 brother Porter, and then Stormy. You know, she's more a fan than my brother Luke. Funny enough, Luke. Um, <laughs> you know, 
Uh, but anyway, just a little little fun thing there. Um, another p- thing here that's interesting is during the first week of the first trailer's release of The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. many theaters reported up to 75% of their audiences paying full price for a movie, then walking out after the Star Wars Episode One trailer was shown. I was like, holy crap. Dang. <laughs> that's freaking nuts they just go see the trailer and then walk out of the movie theater I mean this is before YouTube this is before anything but uh-huh. if you wanted to see a trailer you had to go pay money to... you had to go to the movies to see the trailer exactly a movie that's coming into theaters you know that good that's insane it's freaking wild. I mean yeah this this was like even before the the internet really before it was right when DVD was starting to come Right. So, isn't that crazy or what? But yeah, um, Ewan McGregor, once again, um, the actor who played Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, studied many of Sir Alec Guinness's films, including Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, uh, to ensure accuracy in everything, from his accent uh, to, pace the, the, to the pacing of his words. And he did a great job. And he did that. amazing. In all three movies, yeah, he did awesome. I so. think I think he kind of took it his own way in two and three, but he also still stayed to, you know, Alec Guinness and and kind of, you know, stayed that way. And mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, this one's very interesting, folks. Uh, so to create the sounds of the spectators during the pod racing. Um, sound designer Ben Burt took a recorder to a San Francisco 49ers game and recorded the crowd's reactions. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time with all of the, uh, the sound studios and things like that and how they get the sounds. Uh-huh. But that's one that I didn't even, I didn't know. I mean, you know, around that time, especially, you know, in the late 90s, Niners were huge oh, yeah. football team. You had, you know, plenty of, I mean, during that era in the 90s, you had like Joe Montana and Steve, Steve Young, Young and Jerry yeah. Rice. You know, you had a lot of stars. And so, like, you know, 49ers were a huge team for the United States. Mm-hmm. So, not surprised about that, actually. Yeah. Pretty cool, though. Definitely. Um, Anakin's theme. So, the musical um, theme for Anakin. And I'll, I, I'm really kind of into music and, and scores and things like this. So I'm going to have to take a look at this a little bit deeper and see if I can recognize this. But it's his theme, Anakin's theme, is a mu- musical variation of the Imperial March. Mm-hmm. So Darth Vader's theme. Yeah. From Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of makes sense that it, it's to happen like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <clears throat> no, super cool. Uh, another thing right here is, according to Jake Lloyd, um, Jake Lloyd is um, Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. uh, there was a six-hour cut of the film that was screened for several people before the film was released, with those who saw it proclaiming it to be mind-boggling good, uh, like the la- later lost cut of Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. This cut has never been released publicly. I'd be interested to see that. I would be too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Um... So, Darth Maul. Yeah. Probably the coolest person in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't show up until almost the half hour mark. Um, and only speaks a total of three lines. Spending almost all of his eight and a half minutes of screen time either listening, walking, or standing quietly or fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maul actually has a very memorable, intense monologue about fear that was used in TV spots. Um, so like trailers and things like that, mm-hmm. but never, but it never actually made it into the final cut of the movie. Um, 
And so that's kind of interesting. That is. Um, I think, you know, Dave Filoni took that into Clone Wars and kind of made it so that Maul was more articulate in his speech and kind of better that way. And to me, it kind of actually shows that after he was done being, um, you know, Palpatine's apprentice, he kind of became himself mm-hmm. instead of, you know, being hushed and, you know, quieted in the background. Yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting. No, it is. I've always thought of Darth Maul as more of a reserved kind of guy anyway. So, mm-hmm. but no, that's, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So Ewan McGregor once stated that before filming began for The Phantom Menace, um, he and Liam Neeson were taken to a private room where two Lucasfilm employees approached them with a long, locked wooden box. When open, they saw 20 various lightsaber hilts that they were being allowed to use, um, to choose from, uh, for their character's official weapon in the movie. Ewan then went on to explain that George Lucas only wanted to allow them a rush 10 minutes to decide on which design they wanted because George believed that the actors should connect with their hilts through feeling and not through study. And I like oh, that. Yeah. And like, um, I, I, it's, this may sound really cheesy, but the, the lightsaber of Qui-Gon definitely matches him. Like just who he is and how he you know, is as a, as a Jedi and just who he is as an individual person. And same with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I think they both chose the perfect lightsaber for each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this movie is, um, you know, going along with lightsabers. Um, this is the um, only Star Wars film where nobody says the word lightsaber. Yeah, I actually never noticed that. Yeah. So in like in um Anakin's house, um when they're having dinner, um o- Anakin Skywalker calls Obi-Wan's lightsaber a laser sword. Mm-hmm. Like nobody calls it a lightsaber. That's crazy. The word lightsaber is not spoken. And I kind of weird. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Yeah, for how big of a Star Wars fan I am, I didn't ever recognize that at all. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, um, real quickly here, there's one more that I, I kind of want to share here. Um, so <clears throat> the script explains the reason Watto is always flying is that he is crippled. Mm-hmm. Looking closely, and you can see that one foot is longer than the other. He also talks out of the side of his mouth because the broken tusk slurs his words. Huh. I didn't recognize that, actually. Yeah. It makes sense, obviously, but never recognized that at all. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for my Star Trek friends. Um, there's an Easter egg and it's pretty cool. The Starship Enterprise from Star Trek, the next generation can be seen briefly amongst the traffic flying around in Coruscant. To be honest, I did not know that until now. Neither did I. I have a coworker that when I talk about my Star Wars podcast, she's always like, oh, Star Trek is better. Star Trek is better. You know, and I'm just like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's so funny. But, um, you know, like now we have it in canon that Star Trek and Star Wars exist in the same universe. Yeah, that's crazy. Never noticed that at all. That's interesting. So Jean- Jean-Luc Picard and, and his crew were in, <laughs> were in uh, Phantom Menace in, on Coruscant. At one point. Yep. But yeah, so that it concludes our quick facts for today. I hope you enjoyed it. 
it was not very quick, but I think that there were so many good um, pieces of trivia for everybody that it's totally fine that it was it went this long. Yeah, it's totally okay. And if you you guys have some quick facts of your own about Star Wars, please let us know through our website at bestguybrothers.com or you can do it on TikTok and tag us in a TikTok or on an Instagram post. We would love to hear your quick facts as well. Yeah, or send us a message on one of those platforms too. So. Yep. Yeah, let's get into the movie, shall we? Yes, sir. You're listening to the Best Guy Brothers Podcast. To be a part of the show, go to www.bestcarbrothers.com to fill out a survey telling us what you want to hear, what you liked, and what you didn't. New entries will be featured in new episodes. So log on to www.bestcarbrothers.com today. Alrighty, my Gungans, let's get into the brief synopsis of Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace. The Trade Federation creates turmoil in the Galactic Republic by blockading the planet Naboo in preparation for a full-scale invasion. The Republic's leader, Supreme Chancellor Finis Valorum, dispatches Jedi Knight Qui-Gon Jinn and his apprentice, Obi-Wan Kenobi, to negotiate with Trade Federation Viceroy Newt Gunray, Darth Sidious, a Sith Lord, and the Trade Federation's secret benefactor orders the Viceroy to kill the Jedi and begin their invasion with an army of battle droids. The Jedi escape and flee to Naboo. During the invasion, Qui-Gon rescues a Gungan outcast, Jar Jar Binks. Indebted to Qui-Gon, Jar Jar leads the Jedi to Oto Gunga, the Gungan's underwater city. The Jedi fail to persuade the Gungan leader, Boss Nass to help the planet's surface dwellers, but managed to obtain Jar Jar's guidance and underwater transport to Theed, the capital city of Naboo. After rescuing Queen Padme Amidala, the group make their escape from Naboo aboard their royal starship, intending to reach the Republic capital planet of Coruscant. Passing through the Federation blockade, the ship is damaged in the crossfire, and its hyperdrive malfunctions. The ship lands for repairs on the outlying desert planet of Tatooine, situated beyond the Republic's jurisdiction. Qui-Gon, Jar Jar, R2-D2, and Padme, disguised as one of her handmaidens, visit the settlement of Maz Espa to purchase a new part for their hyperdrive. They encounter junk dealer Watto and his nine-year-old slave Anakin Skywalker, a gifted pilot and engineer who has built a protocol droid C-3PO. Qui-Gon senses a strong presence of the Force within Anakin and is convinced that he is the prophesied Chosen One, destined to restore balance to the Force. With Watto refusing to accept payment in Republic currency, Qui-Gon wagers both the required hyperdrive part and Anakin's freedom in a pod race. Anakin wins the pod race and joins the group to be trained as a Jedi, leaving behind his mother, Shimi. En route to their starship, Qui-Gon encounters Darth Maul, Sidious' apprentice, who was sent to capture Amidala. After a brief lightsaber duel, Qui-Gon escapes aboard the starship with the others. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan escort Padme to Coruscant so that she can plead her people's case to Valorum and the Galactic Senate. Qui-Gon asks the Jedi Council for permission to 
to train Anakin as a Jedi, but the Council refuses, concerned that Anakin is vulnerable to the dark side of the Force. Undaunted, Qui-Gon vows to take upon Anakin as his new apprentice. Meanwhile, Senator Palpatine persuades Amidala to call for a vote of no confidence in Valorum to elect a more capable leader and to resolve the crisis. Though she is successful in pushing for the vote, Amidala grows frustrated with the corruption in the Senate and decides to return to Naboo. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are ordered by the Jedi Council to accompany the Queen and investigate the return of the Sith, whom they had thought to be extinct over a millennium. On Naboo, Padme reveals herself as the Queen before the Gungans to gain their trust and persuades them to help against the Trade Federation. Jar Jar is promoted to general and joins his tribe in a battle against the droid army while Padme leads the surge for Gunray. Qui-Gon tells Anakin to hide inside a starfighter in the palace hangar, but he accidentally triggers its autopilot and flies into space, joining the Naboo pilots in their battle against the Federation droid control ship. With R2-D2's help, Anakin pilots the fighter into the ship and causes its destruction from within, deactivating the droid army. Meanwhile, Darth Maul, who has been dispatched by Sidious to assist Gunray, engages Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in a lightsaber duel. He mortally wounds Qui-Gon, but is then cut in half by Obi-Wan, and his remains fall down a shaft. Qui-Gon asks Obi-Wan to train Anakin before dying in his arms. Following the battle, Gunray is arrested by the Republic, and Palpatine is elected Chancellor. Master Yoda promotes Obi-Wan to the rank of Jedi Knight, and reluctantly accepts Anakin as Obi-Wan's apprentice. A funeral is held for Qui-Gon Jinn, attended by the other Jedi, who contemplate that there is still one Sith remaining, since there are always two of them. During a celebratory parade on Naboo, Padme presents a gift of thanks to the Gungans to establish peace. Okay, thank you so much, Harry, for that uh, synopsis, and mm-hmm. thank you, Wikipedia, also, for the synopsis. Couldn't do it without you. <laughs> exactly. I'm just kidding. Fucked it up, but I got a little lazy, if I'm being 100% honest. I mean, it's it's hard to write those things, and it's it's so much easier to just take what's on the internet and use it, because that's what the internet's for, isn't it? That's right. Okay. That's what heroes do. That's what heroes do. <laughs> if you can't tell already... Harry is a huge Thor fan, so he'll always talk about Thor. In it. In it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's talk about uh, The Phantom Menace. Um, Harry, what year did this movie come out? Uh, 1999. 1999. Um, I was four. Yeah, I was... Depending on when yeah. exactly it came out. I, I was know. Well, I was four when it came out, but I turned five in 1999. Right, so I was four when it came out, so you're probably three. Yeah, so I was I was three years old um, when this movie came out, so now you know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, it starts off with this political turmoil, and Jedi were dispatched by the Chancellor as um, ambassadors, um, and then um, Newt Gunray mm-hmm. um, finds out they're Jedi, and they're like, holy crap. They're Jedi. They're gonna kill us. They're you know, mm-hmm. they're the one group of people in the galaxy that at that point couldn't be beat and couldn't be turned really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it was kind of that, you know, Chancellor Valorum was putting out the big guns kind of thing um, to to see what everything, what all the fuss was about in mm-hmm. on at, in Naboo. On Naboo? At Naboo? I don't know. Yeah, on Naboo. <clears throat> but yeah, so um, Quayon's like, you know, it's not going to be that big of a, a deal. Um, the negotiations are going to be short. Mm-hmm. It's going to be short. We're going to say, get out of there, and they're going to get out. Because mm-hmm. we're Jedi, and they're going to have to listen to us. Yep. We also represent the Senate, and so that kind of thing. Okay. Um, then, of course, Newt Gunray tries to kill him. And the infamous scene where the um, force running was introduced but it wasn't ever continued mm-hmm. so when when Qui-Gon or sorry when Obi-Wan it's like master destroyers uh-huh. you know, and the droidicus come and, and they have shield generators but yeah um, then they say you know it's a standoff we gotta get out of here mm-hmm. and then they just book it and yeah. then they're gone like super fast speed um, you never see that again Mm-mm, you don't uh uh-uh. uh and um, I mean, unless we do, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't think we I don't see that ever again. either, actually. But yeah, and so that's just kind of a interesting no, little little piece of information there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Honestly, decent. It's not how I mean, because I watched the the original trilogy before I saw Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Not how I imagined it starting out in the movie. Yeah, you know, I was expecting, you know, either, you know. Not necessarily TIE fighters per se, but you know, you know, a lot of shooting and a lot of, um, or just lightsaber duels just going on. It's like a, war. Yeah, just like war going on yeah. right at once. I'm like, okay, but it makes sense. But at this point in the movie, there there wasn't a war going on. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something that kind of mis not not misunderstand, but kind of forget because sometimes even still in my mind, just because I've seen the original trilogy first. Uh, the Phantom Menace happens before that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, there's like, where's where's the action per se? Right. But no. So yeah, interesting, dude. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, there was action from right at the start. But, yeah. You know, there wasn't a ton. Yeah. But yeah. Um, then of course the negotiations were short. They were attacked. You know, they left the Trade Federation ship on a transport ship, which we'll talk about in a little bit. <clears throat> Um, about the transport ships and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there is a specific person who we should probably talk about. A lot of people think that he is the reason why this movie is not better than it is. He's the person that is saved by Qui-Gon Jinn mm-hmm. and then That's um, right, you has Gungans. a life debt to Qui-Gon Jinn. He's our favorite or least favorite Gungan, Jar Jar Binks. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, to be honest, this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't think he's that bad. Like, I think people give him a bad rap. I think the Star Wars fandom is very harsh, harsh on a lot of things because Star Wars is one thing to them. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've realized that because Star Wars is so generational. Star Wars needs to be one thing for one generation and another for another generation. Mm-hmm. But 
they still have all of that to go in together. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, Derek. I'm one that really didn't like Jar Jar Binks. That's okay. And like, honestly, like, yeah, he's different. He honestly can annoy me, but like, after watching Phantom Menace again, I'm like, his role was huge in the movie, or else, who knows what would have happened? Yeah, you know. Yeah, but anyway, so but. Jar Jar Binks, honestly, you Gungans listening, because we're calling you that for a reason. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you're still a Gungan regardless, yeah. whether or not you like Jar Jar Binks. But um, I think George Lucas, I mean, this is just personal opinion. This ain't fact or anything like that. George Lucas definitely created Jar Jar the way he did, definitely for the younger kids that yeah. were watching it for the first time. Because he wanted it to be generational. He didn't want to just talk to the parents that were born in the 70s and saw this movie when they were kids yeah you know, and saw the old he wanted a new um what's the audience he wanted to address it to every single person yeah um as it should be and i think george lucas made a smart move doing that um especially um with you know because little anakin skywalker um he kind of did help relate to him just a little bit just because of how yeah, I'll say goofy how goofy Jar Jar is, but no, he plays a vital role in this movie. So and a vital role in the franchise. Yep, <laughs> like it or not, um, with the whole you know um, emergency powers thing, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about that in you know three weeks. Yep, uh, I guess six weeks because yeah, we do a biweekly mm-hmm. and a, a, a movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, you know we'll be talking about that later on, um, and once we get into that stuff. But Jar Jar, he's not the worst character. No, there's definitely. Yeah, I agree with you there. Actually, I mean, I mean, look at Watto. <laughs> I'm just know. kidding. No, I was um, gonna say Gunray, but you know, <laughs> oh, Boss Nass. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's, let's continue. Move on. Let's move on. Um, so they save Jar Jar. They go to the Gungan city. Uh, Boss Nass um, is apparently weak-minded, so they can use a Jedi mind trick on him in order to get, um, you know, a a shuttle or a, a transport to Theed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is a maybe a plot hole, but why didn't Qui Gon Jinn use? A Jedi mind trick to have them help Naboo. Oh, I didn't think about that actually. Like he was like, "Hey, uh, you should help Naboo." Uh-huh. Uh huh. By the way, I'm going to trick you into giving us a, a car. You know, a transport. These are not the droids you're looking right? for, right? <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you'll send us on our way. We could use a transport." I was uh-huh. like, "Why didn't he just say you will help Naboo?" I don't know. Maybe it just didn't work that way. Maybe it went against like the Jedi code to trick someone to use the Jedi mind trick to trick someone into going to war. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, yeah, something to think about. I didn't actually think about that. But yeah, so that's just something that I noticed um, this rewatch. I was like, mm, maybe. But if you guys know why that is, let us know. Like, what are the rules of the Jedi mind trick? Yeah, let me know because definitely would like to know mm-hmm. maybe we could use it someday <laughs> right <laughs> um but they get to feed they save the queen they they leave on the queen's you know ship and then 
Um, they try and get past the blockade. And Harry, who do we meet? We meet the one and only R2 D2. R2 D2. Um, in one of Jar Jar's best lines, um, once he gets into like where the astromech droids are, um, he's like, hello, boyos. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was so weird. I'm not going to lie. I love, I love that. <laughs> like, there's, there's every once in a while, there's like one of those things that you just, you just start using in your own vernacular. And hello, boyos was one of them for me. Um, oh another gosh. one is like, I saw, dude. You uh, know? Yep. Like, <laughs> I saw, dude. But like, yeah, it's just hilarious to mm-hmm. me, at least. Oh, I don't yeah. know about. No, that's. It, but it like, hello, funny. boyos. And then R2D2 <laughs> goes, and, you know, he's obviously the only one that, that survives that, unfortunately. And um, he gets um, awarded with a medal or. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, a. a, a something before the queen you know yeah. he gets thanked right in front of the queen and by the queen so yeah it's and and of course cleaned by the handmaid padme yes. um who actually is the queen so it's it's funny you know spoiler alert. oh whoops Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the the decoy of the queen um tells the real queen to go and wash up this robot he's like hey mrs queen like go wash this robot for me (laughs) but yeah so obviously but obviously in this uh skirmish or in this you know trying to get past that blockade Mm -hmm. uh, they are successful but the hyperdrive is damaged Mm -hmm. and so they have to get to tatooine to kind of just fix that yeah um man what is it with hyperdrives and all that right yeah and destroyed <laughs> tatooine i and you know for those for those fans who got to see this in the movie theater i unfortunately did not i remember um watching it later um in you know on dvd or vhs or whatever it came out on mm-hmm. um i i didn't I wasn't able to watch it because I was three years old. Yeah, same, I was four. And I don't think my parents wanted to take a three-year-old in to see a Star Wars movie because, let's be honest, that wouldn't have been the most fun thing to do. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and so, you know, they, uh, we, you know, I watched it much later on, but I can only assume that it was, you know, people were clapping and people were just so excited about everything because mm-hmm. i mean what was that 33 years from from a new hope to um to the phantom menace 77 to 99 uh 22 years 22 goodness i suck at math <laughs> um I, I just added an extra 11 yeah <laughs> um but yeah 22 years and I mean, I guess it's only from eighty. Was eighty four is when Return of the Jedi. Eighty three was 83? Return of the Jedi. Um, and and then so eighty three to ninety nine isn't that that long, but yeah, still, six, you know, years. It's you know, it's generational, right? Oh, absolutely. And so I can only imagine that everybody who was watching it in the theater that day mm-hmm. or whenever was like super excited oh, and like yeah. super crazy going crazy and then you know when when obi-wan says you know oh tatooine it's small poor and mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere 
everybody's just like, yeah, Tatooine! Yeah, and, and everything like that. And so, you know, they escape to Tatooine. And then we meet the most pivotal character in the entire franchise. Mr. Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. And his mother, Shmi. Shmi. Shmi Skywalker. Shmi. Shmi. That's what I called her growing up, actually. I, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But he is a nine-year-old slave um, who is um, owned by Watto, a junk trader. Yeah. Um, who has the part that that they need to fix the hyperdrive. And so, um, you know, they talk about it. And they're all happy, and then the price comes, and Qui-Gon tries to use the Jedi mind trick. So that's that's one thing, though. Like, uh-huh. you can use the Jedi mind trick to benefit yourself financially and to get free transportation, but you can't use it to have boss nests. I don't know. I'm I'm still getting into that, so... I'm just going to leave that be, <laughs> but that to me is, is kind of a plot hole until I figure out why that, that was that way. Yeah. Inter- yeah. But anyway, um, doesn't accept the currency though. Right. He doesn't accept the currency. He has to figure out how to figure it out yep. how to solve his problem. And so what he ends up doing is, uh, oh my gosh, I, I lost my train of thought here. He enlists Anakin. To be in the pod race. To be in the pod race. Yep. And he's just like, here, <laughs> let's have a nine-year-old. Hey, kid, here you go. Be in a deadly race, you know. More and, intense than NASCAR, folks. Right? <laughs> I mean, only two people finished. No, only one person yeah, finished it, the race. Was, yeah. Because Sebulba crashed right before on the last, the final stretch. Like, Anakin's the only one that finished. That's why he won. That was so satisfying, by the way. <laughs> oh, when Sebulba crashed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poldo! <laughs> Poldo! <laughs> no, it, it, it was enjoyable. Even as a kid, I, I was like, yeah! But yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that was the negotiation right there. Right. That one was not a short one. No, that was pretty long. <laughs> pretty uh, big chunk of the movie there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and so... Um, during this whole time, we find that um, Qui-Gon is, is curious about Anakin. He's noticing some things. You know, the way that Anakin is perceptive and things like that. And, um, you know, cleaning him up one day, helping him get ready for bed. Qui-Gon kind of just pricks his finger and takes a blood sample. Mm-hmm. And um, then sends it to Obi-Wan to um, to test for the magical microorganism, also known as midichlorians. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the way that Qui-Gon um, interprets midichlorians is a billions and billions of small microorganisms that basically are in force sensitive beings mm-hmm. and um you know we don't really hear about midichlorians too much after 
this movie. Um, but, you know, it's here and there. Hmm. Yeah, we don't, do we? No, yeah. Um, and so, but basically, you know, midichlorians is just kind of a, uh, a test that you can do to figure out if your child is force sensitive hmm. without actually testing with a force. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he wins the pod race because he um, was the only one that finished. Yeah. <laughs> and because he had the force with him. Um, and then, um, obviously, Anakin goes w- with them to Coruscant after they win the hyperdrive. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, because of all that, the mother, Shmi Skywalker... Um, was not able to go with them because Wada wasn't willing to give up two slaves, just the one. Yep. But they get to Coruscant. Um, you know, all the politics with the, uh, what's it called? With the, the invasion, the yeah. Trade Federation invasion. Um, all that gets talked about. And um, there's the vote of no confidence with Chancellor Valorum, um, which, to be honest, like, Let's let's be honest. That was just a you know ruse by Palpatine to make it so that Palpatine could be the Chancellor. Yep. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid Palpatine. Saw it coming though. I mean, yeah. And like going back to me being three when this movie came out, like when I saw it, I didn't know Palpatine was the bad guy. Yeah. Same. Like, and, you know, to be honest, I am so glad that I was born when I was. Yeah, same. Excuse me. Um, I was I was so glad that I was born when I was because I was able to experience both sides of Star Wars. Yep, same. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because in 2005, time. when Empire Strikes Back comes out... Like, I was 10 years old. You mean Revenge of the Sith? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Empire Strikes, Empire Strikes Back. Back. I'm like, I'm like, wow. You. <laughs> I was five years old back in... 1980. 1980, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I was five years old in 2005 when Revenge of the Sith came out. And um, I got to experience, you know, Order 66 and all of that. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I, when did when did uh, Attack of the Clones come out? Like two thousand two is when Attack of the Clones came out. Yeah, so in two thousand two, when Attack of the Clones came out, I was like, "This what is it? Seven? I was seven ish. I was seven when that movie came out. Yeah, so I was probably six. Yeah, six yeah. and a half ish. Yeah, I, but yeah, I, I was seven when that came out. I remember. I wanted to go see it in the movie theater. Uh-huh. My parents were like, "We don't know what it's like, so we'll wait till it comes out." And I was, I was sad. Yeah, but like, holy crap, that movie was awesome. My favorite part, obviously, was when the clones come into Geonosis, and like from then on, I was like this big, I love the clones kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Attack of the or not, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith happens. And, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but, like, my heart was broken. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of Same. what happened. Same. 
And so, you know, I, I was like, Ooh, no, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, where were we? Um, uh, we are, so oh, the yeah. Jedi council, Jedi council and Anakin, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself and all over the place, but the Jedi council gets to talk to, um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan because they, they experienced this being who wielded a lightsaber and attacked them who they hadn't seen in millennia. Mm -hmm. And that was a Sith. Yeah. Um, so the Sith, you know, are just the, the natural enemy to the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know it's that's basically it mm -hmm. but they had been extinct for a thousand years prior to that mm -hmm. um and so you know kind of seeing one of those is a big deal yeah and so the jedi council's like holy cow we need to investigate this like get let's get on of, it let's go um and then um that happens and then they're like, yeah, we'll we'll put our best guys on it. And then they dismissed Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And then Qui-Gon stays back and says, look, I've encountered a virgins with the Force. And then they talk about Anakin. And basically, Obi-Wan says, look, he was conceived by the Force. So he was an immaculate conception. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, I guess it happens, and this is fiction, so that can happen. So anything can happen, folks. Right? It's the Force. Yeah. The Force, unfortunately, is not real, and so, you know. Yeah, because Qui-Gon, especially Qui-Gon, senses that, that Anakin is, like, this chosen one. Yeah. To bring balance to the Force. Right. And... If the Sith had been gone for a thousand years, wasn't there already balance? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, like, balance is a loose term, I guess, mm -hmm. as far as balance to the Force. But with that being said, you know, the Jedi Council, uh, or Qui-Gon, sorry, you know, wanted Anakin to to be trained to be become a powerful Jedi. Yep. And then the Council... Said no. Said no. And... Uh, after a test. Yeah. I tested Anakin and realized that he had too much fear in him. Yep. And Harry, your favorite Star Wars quote of all time by Master Yoda himself mm -hmm. is said at this point. What is that? So, first of all, before I share the quote, um, may be cheesy because I definitely, I have a spiritual side, so this is kind of why I like it a little bit more, but here yeah. we go. Because when Yoda... Well, when the council tells Anakin, no, this is what Yoda says to Anakin. He says, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. And then later on he says that I sense much fear in you. And, uh, I mean, it's so true that, you know, fear leads to darkness. And that fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Um, it just leads to, in my opinion, leads to sadness and leads to sorrow. Um, yeah. There is no happiness when fear is there. Yeah. You, if you're afraid of something, if you have fear, like, 
Mm-hmm. You're not happy. Can't have love either in there, you know. Um, yeah. It's near impossible to have love and fear, you know, be in the same room together. Which is interesting because you look at Star Wars, the reason why Anakin turned to the you know Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, the reason why Anakin turned into Darth Vader was because he was afraid to lose the one he loved. Yep. And so I think you're right. You know, you can't have love and fear at the same time. They mm-hmm. can't coexist. They can't. Fear is a very dominant emotion, mm-hmm. and it takes hold of your thoughts and your actions and just demands attention Mm -hmm. and i think that's really interesting and and kind of important to know that absolutely no it really is um i remember when i rewatched this most recently um i mean you could like i couldn't necessarily tell that anakin had fear per se um, cause I mean, he's a kid, you know, he's, you know, he's not even a teenager. He's nine. Yeah. He's nine years old. And the fact that, um, you know, I couldn't really sense the fear in Anakin personally, just being a movie viewer. Um, but I mean, it makes sense later on, spoiler alert, <laughs> but anyway. I mean, what nine year old isn't afraid of something, you know? Exactly. And he left his mom for crying out loud. Yeah. You know. And, you know, one of the Jedi, I think it's Ki-Adi Mundi, um, was like, you're afraid to lose your mom. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, of course I am, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's just interesting, that whole thing. Yeah, fear does overtake power, yeah. um, no matter what the situation may be. So, yeah, that's why I like that quote a lot. You know, wonderful, wise words from Master Yoda. Always has something wise to say. Yes, indeed. So anyway, going back to the um, to the movie here. Yeah, so the vote of no confidence came. They kicked um, Chancellor Valorum out. They put in Chancellor Palpatine. And, um, you know, a bunch of different other stuff happened. And then the Queen decides to go back to Naboo. So yeah, they get back to Naboo, and they're trying to figure out what to do, because they don't really know. And Jar Jar's like, uh, we got a big army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go to, you know, the Gungan City, and nobody's there. Mm-hmm. And then Jar Jar's like, well, there is this one sacred place that we go to when, you know, when things are not looking good. Mm-hmm. So I go there and find all of the Gungans. And then um, we find out who the queen really is. Mm-hmm. Find out that it's Padme, and it's been Padme all along. And, who would have thought? Right. Um, but if you know, if you watch closely, you'll notice um, Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi look at each other. And to me, Obi Wan looks at Qui Gon like, "How did you know?" Uh-huh. And, then... and Qui-Gon's like, told you. Told you. <laughs> and then it shifts to Anakin, and he's like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it just goes to show you that, like, you may have a lot of midi-chlorians, 
but <laughs> you know you don't know everything wisdom experience brings forth wisdom has wisdom to it and um in in my um in my opinion experience outranks everything mm-hmm. to quote um captain rex <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah so um you know they they get um boss nas to agree you know of course he does his little weird shaky face thing <laughs> nope that was bad that was bad <laughs> <laughs> no would you, would you like to try again no thanks <laughs> okay <laughs> no thanks okay so uh the naboo and the gungans are being friends and then Padme reveals herself. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes into the Gungan army, and you know they put the the shields up, mm-hmm. and you know the droid army starts firing, and they realize that the droid the their what is it called their artillery from the AAT or the armored assault tanks Mm -hmm. aren't actually penetrating through. Mm -hmm. So they get the MTTs or the multi-troop transports to deploy troops. And then the real battle begins. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wanted to talk about the MTTs real quick. Those are super cool. Do you know how many droids can fit in one MTT? I don't actually. 112. Oh, didn't think that many could fit in there because they're all folded up and things like that uh-huh. and that is one of the coolest cinematic sequences of cinematic history um when the droids are deployed uh-huh oh. and it just i'm not gonna lie of course I and mean, they all roll up and fold out yeah i was like i remember watching it the first time when i was i think the first time i watched it i was like five or something like that. i was like Oh, this is cool. (laughs) Seriously. But, and then, you know, the fight starts and, um, you know, the, the droids have their B1 battle droids and, and their guns and, and things like that. And then the Gungans have like spears and different, you know, um, kinds of artillery and things like that. And Mm. of course... The Boomas. Yep, the Boomas. <laughs> the uh, the energy balls that are thrown at the droids to basically disable them. So, funny story about those Boomas there. So, I remember when I watched Star Wars, I think it was the second time I watched The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it with my twin sister. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I, I enjoy Star Wars, of course. I remember going to bed that night, and then I had a dream. I was getting, you know, like a bunch of those those boomers were just following me around and chasing me, and finally one of them touched me and I exploded. Oh no! <laughs> I was five. <laughs> you exploded when yeah. you were five. I was just like, I woke up like, oh my gosh, right? Oh my gosh, and like, <laughs> oh my heck, it scared the frick out of me. And then actually, I fell back asleep, and then I had a dream that Darth Maul just pointed his, light, you know, that double lightsaber, and I was just like, I mean. Maybe not exactly, but like, come at me, bro, kind of thing. Yeah, right. And I was just charging at him, and before I, we hit our lights with each other, I woke up again, and I was like, oh, oh dang, dang it. it, I wanted to fight Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah, the dream I wanted to stay asleep for, it right. didn't happen, and then uh, I think I had church or something like that, that's what, right. I, what I woke up for, or something like that, but yeah. kind of funny story. But yeah, hilarious, you know, the boomers are fun, uh-huh. um, 
and just just goes to show you that being a five-year-old mm-hmm. when star wars comes out or you know watching star wars when you're younger is just awesome awesome oh yeah and it just goes to show you that star wars is for all ages oh yeah because absolutely. here we are you know 25 and 26 still talking about star wars like 20 years after oh yeah there's a lot of things of you kind of learn to appreciate later on while watching star wars growing up um and for me kind of leading actually to our next part here is uh um so the music for this star wars movie is honestly it might be my favorite oh yeah yeah like it's it is proper well done um <laughs> Uh, the Duel of Fates, man. That, yeah. That Duel of Fates song, it's so good. The best. Oh, yeah. And of course, that is played when Darth Maul and um, quite, um, fights and encounters Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. And it's one of the coolest fight sequences ever. Like, this is new territory for Star Wars when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because you look at the most intricate Star Wars lightsaber duel at at that time was Luke and Darth Vader's fight on the Death Star. Yep. Which, to be honest, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. Uh-uh. For the time. Oh, yeah, for the technology they had at the time. And to be honest, it's like, I'm, I, you know, I love the sequel trilogy, but it's it's better than... Oh, yeah. Than the, than, than the, the new. Than the sequel trilogy. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there, Derek. I mean, those lightsaber duels aren't half bad, but they're not half good Yeah, either. I'm 100% with you. Uh, this duel between Darth Maul with uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan Kenobi is my second favorite lightsaber duel in all of Star Wars. You know, to be honest, I think I'm right there with you. Yeah. And, you know... We can talk about our first, you know, in six weeks. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler alert for that. <laughs> but yeah, so, or I guess... Four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Man, math is definitely not your forte. Sorry, it's late. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway. But yeah, so Duel of the Fates, Darth Maul, everybody is like, holy crap, he has two lightsaber blades. Yep. Oh, what? Epic. And like, yeah, it's just... oh. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Just chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, um, and then you know, one of my favorite scenes as well. Well, not not necessarily one of my favorite scenes, but um, one of my favorite uh, parts of Star Wars and um, one of my favorite ships in Star Wars is the Naboo N1 Starfighter. Mm-hmm. The yellow and silver Starfighter. It is a cool one. It's just so sleek. It's just perfect. Oh. I love it. It is cool. And it is like, oh, That was something I'm glad that like they definitely focused on with the prequels later on. Because you know, that, like, that, that, that Starfighter is freaking sick. I, like, if one thing from Star Wars could be real, it w- I would want it to be... Oh, yeah. Like, even before the lightsaber. I'm with you there, dude. I would want the Naboo N1 Starfighter. You get the full-on experience if you're in one of those things, man. I bet. Yeah. I mean, because when you go to Star Tours in Disneyland, holy mm-hmm. cow, like, you're in a spaceship, you know, like, feel. So yeah. It's, it's and so, like, awesome. but, like, I mean, come on. Like, just just the sleekness of it. It just... Oh, oh. I'm with you there, dude. I can, I can stare at it all day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, I probably probably should get on to this next part of the podcast instead of just looking at it. 
Oh, you're good. But, um, you know, it's really good for blowing up blockade ships and spinning, mm-hmm. you know, because that's a good trick. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, just has got a really good autopilot system, mm-hmm. you know, enough to take you up into space. <laughs> yeah. And not, you know, when you're nine. I mean, Anakin learned that, didn't he? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. got enough firepower to blow up one of those things from the inside. Oh, so. yeah. And again, Anakin learned that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, anyway, so Anakin blows up the ship from the inside. It's actually, so one of my favorite things about Star Wars is the poetry is what George Lucas calls it of star wars mm-hmm. the uh um the the similarities between episodes mm-hmm. i mean you look at just the titles you got a new hope mm-hmm. correlates with a phantom menace yeah it's just like the opposite so mm-hmm. a new hope there's a new jedi yep versus the phantom menace there's a new threat like a yeah. sith there's yep. a new sith new evil then you get attack of the clones Empire Strikes Back. And the Empire Strikes Back. Yep. And then you get Revenge of the Sith. And Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. literally, the the acronym for Revenge of the Sith is R-O-T-S, Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Return of the Jedi, it's yep. R-O-T-J. Mm-hmm. The only thing different, really? I mean, obviously, Last. Revenge and Return. Yep. But is you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Thing. So, like, it correlates extremely well. Mm-hmm. And a correlation we can grab from here is Anakin blowing up the the uh, blockade ship? Yeah, the blockade ship that basically debilitates and takes care of the entire droid arm droid army. Mm-hmm. And then you have Luke in A New Hope, who basically <laughs> debilitates and the, destroys the, the Death, Death Star. Star. And you know it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm the correlation and you can see that you can pick it up um a really 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 good example of this would be clone wars mm-hmm. if you know and like if you know a lot about star wars if you if you know a little bit about star wars you can usually find here and there a correlation between that and you know the the episodes like the movies and things like mm-hmm. that yeah and absolutely. i think that's awesome oh. i love that it's basically a bunch of Easter eggs. It really is. Like, yeah. Um, let's talk about Obi Wan real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this this podcast has gone pretty pretty long, so um, we'll we'll talk about Obi Wan. Talk about one more thing. We'll give it our ratings, and then we'll then we'll, we'll close out close out the podcast. So Obi Wan, there is a part in the Clone Wars. Where Obi Wan loses someone he loves, mm-hmm. and like he loves this person, it is the Duchess of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Clone Wars, um, or if you're watching it right now and haven't seen this part, um, Darth Maul kills her to get back at Kenobi. Yeah, for you know chopping off his legs. Yep. <laughs> and you know his lower half yep and so you know it's just it's sad i feel i feel for obi-wan 
he he loses uh, Qui-Gon Jinn to Darth Maul, Mm -hmm. his master, his father figure, his brother. Yeah, his friend. His his friend, yeah. Yeah. His confidant, like, he loses him to Darth Maul. Yep. Later on, he loses Satine, the Duchess of Mandalore. Mm Mm-hmm. Someone he loved, someone he cared for, cared about, something he'd do anything for, um, someone he'd leave, he almost left the order for, mm-hmm. and he loses her. And then, then he spoiler lo- alert again, he loses. he loses his brother, his best friend, Person. someone who he has been a father figure to yep. in Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker too. To the Sith. The Sith. So, he is just... And then and then what does he do? He spends the next 19 years living in a cave. Yep. With a box of scraps. Can you blame him, though? It's just... It, that's a tough life. Yeah, I, I... I mean, with the Kenobi series maybe coming out, you know, later on, we might learn a little bit more on... What even led more to that, you know what I mean? But, yeah. Um, something to think about, but no, Obi-Wan, like, yeah, he's definitely the one that, in my personal opinion, has experienced, should experience the most sorrow in Star Wars. Um, he, yeah, that was, I mean, if you've seen the movie, you saw his reaction when Qui-Gon got stabbed. No! It was, yeah, he literally was losing someone, and then, yeah, and then, what does Qui-Gon do right before what was the last thing? What was the last thing he says to Obi Wan? Train the boy. Yeah, train the boy. Train Anakin. Have him be trained to become that chosen one. Right. But yeah, and Obi Wan. Spoiler again. Fulfilled that wish in a way. <laughs> he trained him. Yep, he trained him. <laughs> but um, no, it's that's something like especially with this being episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, because. You know, in life we do experience losing someone or something. Yeah. Um, like we've mentioned in every podcast we've done, you relate Star Wars to life in a way. Yeah. Um, and at least for me, um, with Obi-Wan losing Qui-Gon, um, you know, it's it's a lesson for, I guess, everyone to learn that you are going to lose someone when you're on this earth. And you're going to lose your mentors. Yeah. And you're, And you may even lose people that you mentor yourself. Yeah, and hopefully that's not as big of a case as it is the prior one. But right, but anyway, regardless of that, you know when they have the funeral for Qui Gon, um, and uh, they're all surrounded, you know, around together, um, you know, Obi Wan wasn't alone, which I I kind of I'm, which at least that's what I that's what I noticed at the big time is Obi Wan's not alone in this. I mean, yeah, that was his best friend at the moment, but, you know, he's, and what did he do later on? He got back to it and got back to work. Yep. And did what he was supposed to do. Um, And then let's talk about the rule of two real quick because um, Yoda and Mace Windu talk about this. Um, The rule of two is an ancient rule of the Sith, basically saying that there's one master and one apprentice, no more, no less. Yep. Thank you, Yoda. Yes. <laughs> um, so 
that being said, they know that Darth Maul was one of them. They but. don't know which one he was, and that they and they know that there's one more. Mm-hmm. But they don't know who it was. Yep, they don't. Funny thing is, the other one was in the same room when they were talking about it. Yep. Like, if you look, Palpatine's in that room. Oh, yeah. Part of the council, you know? Yeah. Like, he was he was at Qui-Gon Jinn's funeral. Talk about evil right there, man. Right. Talk about evil. Uh, you know, like, Darth Vader is one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character. But I can't. I can't even put Palpatine on the list. Yeah. Like, I just hate him so much. Oh, yeah. He's evil, dude. He is pure evil. You know, tricking, you know, throughout that, that entire, you know, all those years. Through then... the whole entire Skywalker saga. Yeah. Because he comes back. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, we know most of you fans out there have basically watched just as much Star Wars as we have anyway, so... But yeah, if you haven't, you know, I, I know there's a few listeners that, that haven't, so I I don't mean to spoil it, but this is a Star Wars podcast, and we do talk about Star Wars, so mm-hmm. unfortunately, if you haven't seen Star Wars, things are going to get spoiled. And we really will only talk about things that... That, you kind I of mean, have been out for 20 years, yeah. you know? like. Except for Bad Batch, of course, but yeah, we we contain that in our info anyway. But yeah, anyway, so but what a movie, right? What a good movie. Then of course Anakin gets trained and blah blah blah. He gets a a Padawan braid. Yep, <laughs> and a haircut along with and that. a haircut. Yep, but yeah. So you know, and and yeah, that's that's Star Wars. They yeah. have a big parade. Ooh, speaking of music, yeah. The song that is played, uh huh, the celebration song. Oh yeah, da 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 da. da. If you slow it down, da 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 da. Which is the Emperor's theme. Yep. Which I thought was amazing because we're saying yes, our heroes have won. Congratulations! But this sets in motion. Everything else. Yep, exactly. I did. This sets in motion the rise of the empire. I don't know. How, I haven't known that for very long either. But when I when I because I saw it on TikTok, I think actually. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, right, okay. It's like <laughs> mind blowing. Like uh-huh. holy crap. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's it's insane stuff. So yeah, that is that's the movie. Mm-hmm. So Harry, let's hear your rating. Okay, so it is a great movie. And it is something that I, I do enjoy, um, especially, I mean, like, I didn't experience the original trilogy growing up. I didn't see The Phantom Menace in the movie theater. The first Star Wars movie I saw in the theater was Revenge of the Sith. Same. And so, um, so I didn't get to experience the movie theater experience. I mean, I was four when it came out. Um, but regardless of that, um, just for my nostalgia as a kid, for how much I loved this movie... How much I played the pod racing game when I was a kid right. with my cousin. <laughs> Both the pod racing game and Lego Star Wars. And Lego Star Wars, of course. And so I give it an 8 out of 10 for this movie. Cool. Honestly, it was lower before that, before I rewatched it. Yeah. I gained a little bit more appreciation for it. I feel like every with every movie, like when you watch it with the intent to kind of rate it and talk about it, like mm-hmm. I have been so impressed with 
what I've been able to pick up. Oh yeah, you were with Return of the Jedi for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so an eight. Yeah. Yeah, I give it an eight. Um, what about you, Derek? I I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah. And to be honest, this breaks my top five. Yeah. All time Star Wars. Movies. Yeah. Um, this is number five. Mm-hmm. Which I think is pretty impressive that for is. a movie that's not really liked by many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as far as you know, all eleven movies, it's usually in like from seven to nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of area. So I think it's, I think it's really good. Oh yeah. I think it kind of world builds really really well kind of gives you a a chance to understand what's really going on and builds up to the next movie Mm -hmm. uh really well because it kind of gets you into that um like what's the republic gonna do yes they've won but that's just that's just the one battle you know Mm -hmm. it's not the whole war and so i'm you know just watching this and not thinking about the next movie, I'm curious as to what happens next because it sets up so well. Oh, absolutely. And so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, and then it's going to be number 5 overall. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. So that is everything, guys. That's a wrap. That is a wrap on The Phantom Menace. Um, Tune in in two weeks where we talk about episode two attack of the clones attack of the clones yeah um you know some of the best parts or some of the best parts of star wars are going to come out of attack of the clones yeah a lot of the stuff that you know kind of makes star wars star wars if i'm being 100 percent honest makes today's star wars y- star wars yes yeah. yeah it makes today's star wars star wars i think yeah you're you're in you're 100 percent right you know, we'll get to see Camino. Mm-hmm. We'll get to see Django Fett and Boba Fett and clones and clones. The like the best part of Star Wars, mm-hmm. the clones. Ugh. Yeah, fans, I have not seen Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones for a long time. So you're definitely gonna have to rewatch it. Oh, and I mean, I plan on rewatching it. Yeah, I definitely plan on rewatching it for sure. Like honestly, the last time I saw Attack of the Clones was 2016. Wow, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um. So I am really excited for, for uh, for me to rewatch it again. Um. For those of you who loved this episode of our podcast, please let us know what you liked and maybe what you didn't like. Yeah. Just let us know. Bestcarbrothers.com. We would love the feedback because Derek and I are honestly here. We're not here to just, you know, blabber about, you know, oh, we know this, oh, we know that. We want to know how we're doing. We want it to be more of a two-way conversation between you guys and us Mm -hmm. rather than just a conversation between me and and Harry. Yeah. Like, Harry and I can talk about anything and everything 24-7. Oh, 100%. But we want to make sure that you guys have a say in the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever thought about making your own podcast, if you ever have a hot take about Star Wars, you know, let us know because we would love to put it on our show. Oh, yeah. And talk about it. We want you to be a part of the show. Yeah. And it helps us um, create better content and and cater it to what you guys want to hear. So, yeah. 
please tune in or not to tune in uh log on to our website at bestgarbrotherspodcast.com or bestgarbrothers.com mm-hmm. um both of them will work um and uh let us know what you guys want to hear so we can make a better podcast for you guys absolutely that's what we're here for yeah so um with that um we're gonna sign off but real quick before we do that um i just would like to kind of announce something um we are or i am uh i have a 3d printer and Mm -hmm. so i'm 3d printing a bunch of star wars stuff like most star wars fans with 3d printers with, with 3d printers do Um, But right now, I'm about halfway done with a Captain Rex helmet. Um, And it is looking pretty good, if I do say so myself. It is. I'm looking at it right now, and it's... Ooh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) But all of the the updates and stuff like that is going to be on our TikTok page. I'm going to also try and put it on our Instagram page, um, just so, you know, I can keep you updated on that, if you guys want to know. So... Go ahead and follow us um, on TikTok at Beth Scar Brothers Podcast, and as well, I think the same handle um, on Instagram. Yep, Beth Scar Brothers Podcast on Instagram. And so go ahead and check us out there, and uh, let us know, you know, what you'd like to hear there, as well as on our website. Um, I, you know, I don't know the exact details, but I do want to do a giveaway soon. And so if you guys want to be a part of that, make sure you guys are following um, on both of those platforms so that you can know when that giveaway is going to happen. So um, with that being said, we hope you have a great rest of your week. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And may the force be with you. Always. Thanks for listening to the Beskar Brothers Podcast. Your home for Star Wars news and more. Until next week, may the Force be with you.